Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago. I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Joey, and I am the client success director and head coach here at Empowered Man. Mark is currently in the air flying out here to California, San Diego specifically. So today, you guys have me, and today's going to be juicy. So guys, first question is, what are the signs your wife will give if she's testing you and wanting to see if the marriage can be saved? What are the signs your wife will give if she's testing you and wanting to see if the marriage can be saved. So the first thing that initially comes to mind, and we get a similar framing of this question a lot from guys that are inside Thrive or one of our other programs, but realistically, it's a two-way street. So if you feel your wife is testing you, in my opinion, I feel like that is a soft form of manipulation. So I don't like to look at things as if she is testing you or if she is not testing you, because ideally the creating of a new marriage or new relationship starts with you. So what I'm getting at is I wouldn't focus on those small details of, is she testing me? Is she not testing me? I would start doing some work on yourself and really clarifying how you are showing up because ideally your partner meaning your wife can only meet you as deeply as she's met herself. And the same goes for you. So what does that mean? And that means that in order for a new marriage to be created, you each have to be focused on doing your work, whether it's here at empowered man for you, the men, because we only work with men, or if you're seeing a counselor actively, or if you're seeing a therapist, a coach, any of those things, the only way a new marriage can be created is if each of you are committed to doing the work individually. As far as looking at things as tests, that just feels like manipulation to me. And I would look past those details and really lean into doing the work and let the reflection of her doing her own work um, be the indicator if she's leaning in and if a new marriage can be created. But the second any toxicity starts to happen, the old marriage is dead. The next one, is it worth saving my marriage? Even when there was abuse from both sides, people brought in from the outside, had an affair, checked out, wants nothing to do with finding a new beginning, but I want to find a new relationship with her. It's a big question. Now, I get asked this question, if I had a dollar every time this question or a similar framing of this question was asked, I would have retired by now. Now, ideally, if abuse has happened, and when you say people brought in, I'm assuming like people as in like other friends, family members have been told of the hurdles, like he cheated, she cheated. If those things are happening, in my opinion, Ideally, the old relationship is dead. Although your framing of she wants nothing to do with finding a new beginning, there could be a side of her that may feel unsafe. 
in expressing herself. So it may feel easier for her to say, I want nothing to do with this. I, I don't know if I can find a new beginning. However, like I said earlier, the change starts with you. And if you want to find a new relationship with her, that requires you showing up as the leader. Remember, this is a two-way street, gentlemen. So with that being said, the framing of is it worth saving a marriage? I can't tell you if it's worth it or if it's not worth it. That's contingent on you and how you feel about it. But I have seen men with worse circumstances create a new marriage. But I will say it is much harder to create a new marriage than it is to walk away. And that's just the truth. Some of you may hear that and think, wow, that's crass. Well, it's the fucking truth. It truly is. However, if you're willing to forego the uphill battle of creating a new marriage, this entails having open communication, having clear boundaries, and really expressing how you feel and the loops that you need to close in order for both of you to feel clarity in navigating your way back to each other. However, I invite all of you to ask yourselves this crucial question. Are you in love with who she is right now, today, in this moment, or are you in love with the potential of who she can be? I'll say that again. Are you in love with who she is right now in this moment with what she is doing, or are you in love with the potential of who she can be? If your answer is I'm in love with the potential, you are in love with the fantasy. And although I do see that to be a negative thing, that's when it's important to drink the truth serum and really ask yourself, if she is not doing any work and you are, that should tell you everything you need to hear. So I hope that answers your question. I can't tell you if it's worth saving or not. However, I can tell you if you want to find a new relationship you, with her, you need to start doing the work. And it's going to be challenging. And it's also going to require both of you to have some very difficult and crucial conversations. That's a part of it. I am drinking. I'm in love with who I know she was before the fog of limerence. I'm, I'm, I'm going to address things like words like limerence and words like she's a narcissist. He's a narcissist. Guys, get these meta keywords out of your mind. Truly, I hear the word narcissist thrown around. I hear the word limerence thrown around all the fucking time. Don't focus on those words because ideally none of us are in a place to diagnose someone as a narcissist or a sociopath or a psychopath or any of these things. So we actually should not be throwing those words around. I'll also add on to that and say, when someone is in limerence or is not in limerence, we so commonly get caught up in those small details. And really those small details aren't part of the bigger picture. They're just not. Even if they are a sociopath or psychopath, why would you stay? Well, my next question, if you are with a psychopath and you know it, what are you doing? Truly, that's my question for you. If you're with a psychopath and you know it, what the fuck are you doing? And I hate to be crass, but that's the truth. And inherently, if that's how you feel, you get to ask yourself the crucial question of, is this worth saving or am I the only one doing the work? If you're the only one doing the work, that should tell you everything you need to hear or everything you need to see, essentially. So I hope that answers your question. Number three, 
what do you do in the moment you get the punch to the gut hurt about your crumbling marriage? What do you do? I'm guessing the framing of this is what do you do when you feel that initial pain of the marriage crumbling? Well, number one, I'll give you three steps. Number one, you seek support. And here's why. Everything you have done up until now has led you here. And if here is not where you want to be, that is a firm indicator that you need to do something different. You need to find support. And number two, you need to actually ask yourself, what is it you truly want? What is it that you truly want? Write it down. Write it down somewhere. Say it out loud. Record it on a voice recording. And number three, you need to clarify, like I said earlier, are you in love with the idea of who she can be, the potential of who she can be, or are you in love with who she is right now? Or third door, are you in love with who she was when you first started dating? I hear that one a lot. I have guys tell me all the time, and we've worked with thousands and thousands of men. I have men tell me, man, I'm in love with who she was in the beginning of our relationship. Like things were so great then. And ideally, we don't know if we will ever get back to that. We just don't. So it's the crucial question to ask yourself, am I in love with who she was or the potential of who she can be? Or am I in love with who she is right now? It's a big question to ask yourself. So what you do in the moment, seek help, clarify for yourself what it is you actually want and ask yourself, are you in love with the potential of who she can be or who she actually is? Number five, I'm trying to figure out about my marriage. My wife says she wants out. She's done. There's no coming back. I was a shitty drunk before, but I'm clean and sober now. Man, I appreciate the ownership there. I really do. I've been doing a lot of self-work and improving me as well as trying to still show her I love her and I'm here and I want this to work. We have three kids and it's devastating to them. She says there's too much trauma from the past with my shitty drinking behaviors and there is no hope. Is there anything I can do to start moving this in the right direction back towards reconciliation? Put simply, yes. You took a lot of ownership there, man. However, right now, there is probably a part of her that does not feel safe because she's seen either these negative sides or these things that she doesn't prefer in you as a partner. And although you have shifted now and you're sober now and you're doing the work, her trauma is her trauma. So is there anything you could do? Absolutely. What I would recommend, one, if she's asking for space, give her a little bit of space. And here's why. I hear this all the time when I give guys feedback to give their partner space. Commonly, guys think, oh, if I give her space, she's going to get even further away. That's a bullshit lie. When you give someone space, you give them time to process through their trauma and you give yourself time to work on yourself. Those are the things I would recommend doing to hopefully move things in the right direction. But if you're not doing any type of work, and if you are still doing things to show her that you have changed, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You should not be doing work on yourself to show her that, she, that you've changed. You should be doing work on yourself because it's the best thing for you and for your children. The byproduct of you doing the work, and she'll see it through your actions. She will see it. But you should not be doing things in hopes 
that she will see it because that's basically manipulation in a raw form. So I hope that answers your question. This next one, this is a long one. I've been with my wife five years before getting married. I've been married for 16 years total, 21 years together. For the last eight months living with my wife, she's asked for divorce eight months ago. I was controlling her, which I didn't. I was treating her like a queen. I own some mistakes, which I work. I work on these mistakes. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to piece this together. Um, I don't think I was so toxic or a bad person to take this fatal decision. Well, I'm going to pause right there. You may feel a certain way, but so does she. Her feelings are valid just as much as yours. So to come back and say, you know, I wasn't toxic or a bad person to take this fatal decision. If you've said that to her, you're probably minimizing how she feels. So the next part of this is she went through a psychologist behind my back for two years and she got brainwashed. I can't dive into that too much. She wants to move out and buy a house and take my two kids, my two daughters. She's saying that she doesn't have any more feelings with uh, for me. And I'm not sure if my marriage is going to be saved or not. I wasn't a drinker. I wasn't a smoker. I was working hard. So nothing can miss to the kids and her. So you were crushing it in your career. You're crushing it in your business. And at home, it's crumbling. The scale is tipped too far to one side, brother. You may have been being the provider in a financial way. However, you weren't showing up in the marriage in the way that she needed to feel comfortable. Now, there's not a ton of context in this. However, I'm going to keep reading. A friend of her, a lady, got involved with offering her sex toys and offering her to find another man. I'm not sure if my marriage is going to be saved. Is this a midlife crisis that is going to just, that is not going to destroy? Wow. This is all, I'm trying to piece this together. Put simply, can my marriage be saved? Now, I'm going to answer this pretty simply. I believe almost any marriage can be saved. Any marriage can be saved by saving the man. Because right now, there's all of this she, 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 now, I feel, based off the framing of this, you know, we're so focused on what she is doing. If she's going to, psych, uh, to a psychologist, you know, I think it's great that someone is seeking support. The other side of that question that I would ask you is, have you been seeking support? Because whether or not she was hiding it or whether or not you feel she was brainwashed, maybe you're saying brainwashed because you don't like the feedback that's being given to you from her. Now, I don't know the full context of this. However, I do believe that your marriage can be saved, but it's going to take you taking some ownership over what you actually did. So that's step one. Can your marriage be saved? Yes, but you need to take some ownership. You need to take some ownership over where you went wrong. We need to stop focusing about her. Stop focusing on the psychologist, like that she hit it. You need to stop focusing on the sex toys and things like that because sex toys, you know, whether I, I don't agree that her friend is telling her to see another man, 
but I'm not going to dive into that detail because that detail honestly doesn't fucking matter right now. But the sex toys, because you brought it up, there may be a part of you that feels like you're being replaced. And that may be why it's an issue for you. Everyone has sexual needs, right? Everyone does. Men do, women do. Men masturbate, women have toys. It's a thing. A part of that is acceptance. And sorry, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely transparent with you guys. If it is a problem for you in your marriage that she is using sex toys, I think that says more about you than it does her. So I recommend taking a little bit of ownership and seeing like really where you went wrong. I also recommend to start doing some work. If you haven't started listening to the podcast or checked out five day challenge or spoken to any of the advisors, I strongly suggest that. Now, if this is your question, you can private message me here on zoom and we can get in touch with you, but your marriage can be saved, but it's going to require you to take a lot of ownership. And we need to stop focusing on the shit she is doing because what she's doing doesn't matter right now. I'm more concerned about what you're doing or lack thereof. Number seven, wife is in a full throttle affair the past three months. She's maybe home two to three nights a week. It varies two kids together, two from her previous. She had an affair partner. She had an affair partner plan moving in together January 1st. She's pushing divorce before then. Shortest I can make that. Is it possible to save the marriage or rebuild a new one with her? Now, I firmly believe when someone is in an affair, whether it's a man or a woman, it's because a need is not being met. Whether it's an emotional need, physical need, that's usually why someone has an affair because a need is not being met. Now, it sounds, it sounds like she is in a phase of seeing this glimpse of a potential new life. And I'm not going to say this is fucking limerence because I will never drop that word, nor I will, will I ever say someone is in that. But it sounds like she's seeing the potential of what a new life will be like, and she enjoys that more than the current standpoint. Now, I'll also add on to that and say, I do believe that a new marriage can be created However, it's going to require you to give her some space and maybe show up with neutral woman. If you don't know what neutral woman is, it's when we don't treat them poorly, but we don't love bomb them. We don't buy them flowers. We don't write them the greatest Victorian fucking speech in the form of a letter. That's love bombing. And essentially that's manipulation. Now, it may be able to be saved. However, it requires her to do some work as well. Does that make sense? Rory, any marriage can be saved. Asking anyone this and expecting them to give you a silver bullet is insane. Yeah, guys, I can't give you like the master key. I can support you guys through it, but there is no play on words that I'm going to give you. Like, yeah, say this and she'll come back. That's just not how it works. However, it does require two individuals doing their work to create a new marriage. So I do believe it's possible, but I would recommend seeking some support on that. So if you haven't, I'd take a look at the five-day challenge or talk to one of our advisors and have them get a little bit more context. I would be able to better answer some of these if I had more information and more context of it, but we don't have the time for it right now. Um, 
I'm going to move on to the next one. What happens when she's moved back in and you're both trying to work things out, but just keep annoying each other. And that's getting in the way of you. That's getting in the way of you both getting past the hurt and pain. This is a good one. This is a good one. Now, what I'm hearing is she's moved back in. You're both trying to work things out. Now, when you say annoying each other, like I, I would need some context, like, you know, are you like trying to pursue her for sex? Is it vice versa? Like things like that. Because if she's moved back in and you're both trying to work, work things out, but you keep annoying each other, one of you needs to show up as the leader. Truly one of, and that should be you because women want to be led. I'll say that again. Women want to be led. So in this dynamic where she's back in the home and you keep annoying each other, like what's the common denominator there? What is the thing that you keep annoying each other over? Is it like dishes keep getting left in the sink and that pisses one of you off and then it starts this big blowout? Is it, if it's something like that, then I would say boundaries. Boundaries, truly. But if you keep annoying yourselves, and you guys kind of get into this like argument or disagreement in that moment, say this, Hey, I can tell we're both feeling very passionate about this. Let's take five minutes of space and come back. You guys can use that. I don't know the context around annoyed, but I'm assuming you both are kind of friction and nothing good comes when this is happening. Does that make sense? I'm going to move on to the next one. What can you do to generate communication when she refuses to speak with you and has blocked pretty much all means of communicating? I only know she was keeping the phone on that I pay for for her, but she's not using it. So she is getting my texts. I won't be able to get on at 11, 1130 AM. I will be working. Is there any way you can reply to this via email? Um, I won't be responding via email because this is anonymous right now. Um, what can you do to generate communication? The detail that sticks out to me is that you're continuing to pay for the phone, but she's not using it. And I feel like that's manipulation. I feel like you are keeping that phone active. So you know that your messages are going to her and it's just further frustrating you and pissing you off because you know, she is getting the messages but she's choosing to not respond. If she doesn't want to communicate, we can't force her to communicate. That's just the truth. But it sounds like there's a lot more here. If she's blocked all means of communication, um, you need to honor that boundary that she's putting in place. So that's what I would say. Once again, I need, I need a little bit more context on that one. Let's see. And the next one, if your wife cheated on you and is still carrying on with the same person for months later after admitting it, is that automatic grounds for me to file for divorce? I have said this once and I will say it again. I have never and will never tell a man to file or not to file. I just won't because that decision is on you. Take that onus on your shoulders. Asking someone Although you trust us, but asking us if you should file for divorce doesn't feel like you're taking leadership. 
That's just what that tells me. Because what that actually tells me is if I was to say yes or no, you would take that and run with it. And that's not actually your decision. It's my decision. Does that make sense? So I think you need to clarify for yourself, what is it you actually want? And then you further, you shared further, why leave the door open when she is clearly not trying to work on the marriage at all? That's the right question to ask. Why leave the door open if she is choosing to not work on the marriage at all? That tells you everything you need right there. It is a two-way street. The only way a new marriage can be created, gentlemen, is by both parties doing the work. That's it. If your wife cheated on you and she's still carrying on with the same person and she's admitted it. Now, I can't tell you if it's automatic grounds. That's up to you. However, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that that's a boundary for you. That's against your covenant. So you get to ask yourself, is this someone that you truly want to be with? Truly. Let's see. Let me take a look at some of these questions. I'm going to dive into them. And any questions that are submitted after right now, I'm not going to answer. I'm only going, actually, I'll give you guys the opportunity. You have two minutes to submit a couple questions in the chat. Two minutes. But I'm going to read through these right now. And also, if more of you guys could turn your cameras on, that would feel good for me. But shout out to Jeff Lister, Bruce Rexroad, and Jason. Bruce, it's good to see you. Jeff, it's good to see you. Henry, it's good to see you. Roger, it's good to see you. Mark, it's good to see you. I like seeing faces. Feels more connective that way. I have the same issue, except it's not about drinking. She doesn't like how I've treated her over the years. And yes, she's asking for space. She wants to separate, but she hasn't said divorce. We have a gentleman that, I mean, this has happened multiple times where we have men that have gone through a separation period where the wife moves into a new home and they stay in the old home. And that space actually allows, you know, a distance makes the heart grow fonder is the age old saying. Now, I don't know if that is the case here. However, when you give someone space, they're able to focus on them and you're able to focus on you. We have this exercise that we do called setting the narrative where after you give your wife space, you invite them to come and join you in a marriage counseling session. Now, this is after you've given each other space, after the friction has kind of diluted it down a little bit. If she hasn't dropped the D, I think that's a good thing. If she's asking for separation, what I see between the lines is space. Sometimes when we're in marriages and in relationships for an extended amount of time, we lose parts of ourselves. And sometimes people want to find those things. And the journey of finding yourself isn't about finding anything at all. It's about refinding the parts of yourself that you lost along the way. That may be something that's present here. So I hope that answers your question, Jason. Thanks for having your camera on, brother. Let's see. No shame in getting help from a counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist. It's a sign of strength. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and guys, I'll also share this. Even when things are going well, still have support in your corner. You know, we have guys that have been working with us for like 18 months. We have guys that have been working with me for 20, 24 months, two years, 
And although they're past the divorce, they're past all of that, they see that there's still work to be done. Let's see. Let's see. Can I explain neutral woman? Yes. Neutral woman is the concept where we treat her like we would the person behind us in the grocery store. I don't know about you guys, but I live out here in California. Sometimes people are pleasant in the grocery store. Sometimes they're not. It's the luck of the draw. However, you treat someone as neutral woman by showing up in a neutral frame. Maybe that means removing, hey, babe, hey, sweetheart, from your dialogue. Maybe it's removing the constant messaging of each other through the day because that can feel smothering and overbearing for people. Neutral woman means that we honor the space between us, but we still show a level of care and consideration, especially if you have children, that is still the mother of your children. So that means we handle our obligations and our responsibilities that are joint responsibilities, joint obligations, but we don't try to dive into the relational shit. We don't try to dive into the rubbish that's coming up. What if she refused to do anything to help? Her words may be different than her actions. She is she's attending counseling with you. Well, it sounds like she's doing something to help. She's attending counseling with you. But what I'm hearing is the counselor may not be challenging her in a way while she's in counseling. Um, if that's the case, I would show up as, as the leader in the counseling session. And what that sounds like is setting a frame. And I'm going to give this to you, Jason. Anytime I have gone to see any type of counselor, psychologist, anyone, and any of the guys that work with us in our program can tell you this. I teach them how to set a frame and this is how. So Jason, I'm going to pretend you're the, the counselor. Hey, Jason. So there's three things I'd like to chat about today. And I'd like to get clarity and close the loop on these things. If we stray away from that, I would like to table those things, but I'd like to clarify these are the three things that I'd like to talk about today. That's how you set a frame with a counselor so you can be intentional with your time. Because if any of those guys that have gone to counselors and things like that, sometimes things can go so far left field that you're like, why, why are we talking about this thing from like 17 years ago that really doesn't matter? The small details aren't part of the bigger picture. So set a frame when you're going to counseling and make sure it's collaborative. My wife is a functional alcoholic. It causes a lot of stress in our marriage. She has gastric bypass and still drinks a lot. I feel for you. Um, I truly do, brother. And I'm sorry to hear that you're going through that. Normally, when someone turns to alcohol, substance, um, over-sexualization, over over they're numbing pain. They're not processing and doing any work. And also, if, if it is, I, I don't know if it's, if she's like diagnosed alcoholic or struggles with alcoholism. If so, she needs support. And I'll add on to that. It is not your job to save her. I'll say that once again. It is not your job to save her. And I'll say it a third time. It is not your job to save her. Does that make sense? You can't save your wife. She's a grown woman. You can care and you can empathetically support, but you cannot force someone to get support. But I have so much empathy for you, brother. I truly do. What advice would you give for overcoming limerence in a relationship? I fucking hate that word. I do. I truly do. Um, 
but I'll answer this. It's clear that if someone is seeking, if someone is having need needs met outside of the relationship, it's up to you to clarify what are those needs that aren't being met? And is there a way for me to meet those? I'll also add on to that and say that if someone is checked out, it's an indicator for you to start doing some work on yourself and see where you went wrong or where you can take some ownership. Hope that makes sense for you, Kyle. Thanks for asking that. We tried counseling, but she loves to use absolutes. Kids are involved. We have two five-year-olds. We have two, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. If she likes absolutes, all or nothing, um, I would bring it to the counselor to have a conversation around absolutes and all or nothing. Because what I hear in all or nothing is someone is afraid to do the work because it's a difficult and uphill battle. That's what I actually hear in that. Mark, she has said she doesn't want to work on anything, but just wants to divorce, but hasn't filed yet in four months. She has said she doesn't want to work on anything, but just wants divorce. If she wants divorce and she said that, why hasn't she filed? That, that would be my question. The next part of that is, is she dropping the divorce card in hopes that you will do something? And I don't know. I don't know what the something is. If that is the case, you're being manipulated. And that's a problem. Because if someone drops the idea of separation or divorce to push you to make a change, that's not the right way to clarify what a need is. That's a scare tactic. Now, I'm not saying this to scare you, but I'm saying this to open up a vulnerable conversation if you both are in that place and have a conscious conversation. Hey, what are we going to do to move forward from here? What are the things that you need in this relationship? And I also want to share the things that I need in this relationship. I hope that makes sense for you, Mark. Tried to tell her things are going to get better. Asked her to trust, but verify her response was, I don't want to hear it. Is this a test? She's wanting to see action and not promises. Every woman wants to see action and not promises. Every person, every human wants to see action. And I'm not going to say the cliche bullshit action speak louder than words because that's true. And we all already know that your actions should be congruent with your words. Your actions should be congruent with your words. Any man that has ever worked with me know that if your actions do not match up with your words, I will call you out to call you forward faster than anything else. And we've got a few guys in here that have gone through Thrive and a couple guys that are currently going through Thrive. Um, let's see. I've got a few more down here. If wife feels when I was drunk and said mean shit, she feels like I was verbally abusive, that she can never get over that and couldn't come back. Is that something that can overcome and get another chance now that I'm sober? Absolutely. Absolutely. But she's experienced trauma and she's scared. She doesn't feel safe. It's going to take time for her to feel safe again. And I'll add on to that, guys. When I say she doesn't feel safe, I am not saying that you are not a safe person. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that her feelings is that she does not feel safe. And we don't just come to her and say, like, you're safe. Don't worry, baby. That doesn't work. If it was that easy, fuck. 
would be out of the job. But if she feels when you were drunk and you said some mean things and you were verbally abusive that she can never get over, that's trauma. That's trauma. And some work needs to be done on that. So what you do, Sean, is you lead. Lead by going to a marriage counselor. Say, hey, I set up a session for us to go see a marriage counselor. It would feel good for me if you joined me. However, I'm going to go regardless. That's how you lead. It's literally a framing that we teach guys inside Thrive. So I hope that's supportive for you, Sean. So she texts with this guy and I found out. And now when she saw that I was going to leave, wait, I'm going to stop. My first question, how did you find out? Did you find out by going through your messages or something like that? And if that's how found that's how you found out, that says more about you. The second we start snooping or, or anything, and guys, I've I've heard, I've heard all of the things. I've heard guys, it, fuck, I had a guy literally bug his his wife's hotel room that she was staying in so he could get a recording of that. I've had guys go through phones. I've had guys use Apple AirPods and they put them in her car to track her. And then they use find my iPhone. If you're doing any of that shit, first of all, you need to stop. Second of all, you need to figure out why you feel insecure about that. So I just wanted to dive into that first. Now I'll continue reading it. Now, once she saw that I was going to leave, she's in love with me after she kept telling me she didn't love me anymore. Is it just to stop? Yeah, that's a false positive. It's, it's a false positive. Now, I'm not saying that she doesn't love you. However, what I am saying is once shit got real, like once shit got real when you were about to leave, she suddenly wanted to love you again. That feels like staying with someone out of convenience. So what I would do is get some support. She may regret what she did. We really don't know. However, you need to clarify, and this can come through coaching, counseling, therapy. You both really need to clarify like why that was said and what the optimal path forward looks like for both of you. Because the old marriage is dead. You both need to create a new marriage between the both of you. Let's see. Bruce Rexford, I've removed myself from the dating scene 14 months now, still feel lonely, but I don't have her beating me down to the point that I didn't like myself. It's getting better every day. It is a slow process as I really loved her. Grace is crucial for me. Absolutely, Bruce. And Bruce, I remember working with you inside Thrive, man. And, you know, I have so much empathy for where you are at. I truly do. And I'm glad to hear that she's not beating you down. And I'll also add on to that. If she's the one beating you down and you are feeling that way, you need to step into your power. You need to remember who the fuck you are. Because right now you feel a level of guilt. You feel a level of shame. And that's probably due to where you're currently at. And I'm truly sorry to hear that you're feeling that way. What's up, Anwar? Appreciate you being here. But I hope that that makes sense for you, Bruce. When their behavior becomes suspect, why is snooping a problem? Snooping is a problem because basically it's manipulation. When you start to snoop and you get this information that you otherwise wouldn't have had, it changes the way that you would show up and the things that you would say and the things that you would do. 
That's why. It's out of integrity. It's out of congruence. We may show up differently when they don't have information, but if we're snooping, there's probably a letter, a, a level of either distrust or insecurity that's present. That's why guys snoop. That's why women snoop as well. Whether it's a past wound from someone else or whether it's suspicion. And I will also tell you, I have never, ever, and I would put my life on this. I have never had a man say, man, I'm so glad I snooped and got that information ever. It's really easy to find a yellow car when you're looking for a yellow car. And what that means is when we start to snoop, man, we can misinterpret things for things that they're not. We can create a story. Like I had a guy that he was honest with me and he owned it with me because I also appreciate the honesty. I, I do. I don't want you guys to think that I am demonizing you for snooping because I've been there as well. I am no saint. But the thing is, I chose to get better instead of get bitter. And all of you have the same opportunity. But the thing is, when we snoop, we're falsifying the way that we get information. And it changes the dynamic that we may have normally shown up because now we have this like information, right? And the thing is, we perceive knowledge as power. However, violating someone's privacy isn't the way. That's not the way. So I appreciate you sharing that and receiving that, Jason, truly. You're asking some really good questions. And for you specifically, you, you've been very active. Yeah, the truth isn't forthcoming. So realistically, man, I think some space between both of you, which you have right now. That's she's She's mentioned separation and she's taking space. So this is the time that Jason needs to work on himself. Truly. And I know I keep saying that, but it's because I've seen so many men do the work on themselves and that creates a new relationship. I'll also add on to that and say, I've had men that have done work on themselves and gotten on the other side and realized that I'm going to be okay, regardless of what happens. That's where we're trying to get you to right now. You're attached to the outcome. You're attached to the outcome of her staying. And everything we are doing is in the frame of mind of I'm attached to this outcome. I got to do this because I want her to stay. I got to do this because I want her to stay. That's the wrong frame of mind. Take a step back. I got to do this because it's what's best for me. And the byproduct of doing what's best for me will be, I will have the relationship I am deserving of. Does that make sense, Jason? Awesome, man. Thank you. Did you and your wife get to a better, better place after you did the work? My wife and I, my ex and I, that should answer the question for you. My ex and I got to a better place momentarily. However, the second a boundary of mine was crossed, I had to honor myself more than I honored the relationship. And that boundary was physical violence. I got 19 stitches in my back. Now, could a new relationship be created? Maybe. However, that's a boundary for me, and I chose to respect myself more than I honored that relationship. But I can say I did the work. I did all of the work. And the outcome 
I was fine with because I knew I was going to be okay regardless. I hope that answers your question, Casey. We have many success stories of men doing the work and things getting better. And we have many success stories of men getting to the point where they realize this isn't the person I want to be with. And from doing the work, they're able to navigate the process in a more amicable way. Hope that makes sense for you. Year and a half separated. She she still hasn't filed for divorce. We get along great now, but anytime we get close, talking more flirty, hanging out with her four-year-old, she pulls away hard. Um, those pullbacks, she still doesn't feel safe or you're both still in process. You know, I have a guy that's been doing the work for like 11 months and they still are figuring out like how to find safety with each other. Also, maybe dial back on the flirting. I would dial back on the flirting a little bit. If she's pulling back and she pulls away, uh, pulls away hard. I would need to know context there, but she probably like abruptly stops. Um, honor the space. Honor the space that you're in. You know, sometimes when we are healing and navigating our way back to each other, that doesn't just mean that we need to hop back into the bed. And I'll also add, just because you are having sex, if you're having sex, does not mean that the relationship is fixed. Do you know how many men I know? that have empty sex with their wife, it feels transactional. If it's transactional, intimacy is not being created. Intimacy actually means into me, you see, and that is created through safety. So I hope that helps for you. I found out she was cheating when I checked her phone. I called the guy, man, you're one of those guys. It's cool. I've heard plenty of these and I have no judgments. Needless to say, I was devastated and I'm still heartbroken, but want so bad to be with her. I feel free, Justin. Now, like I said before, nothing good ever happens from snooping. This is an example. Although you're probably grateful that you found that information, there's probably a part of you that wishes you didn't. Creating a new relationship is a two-way street. Truly. It really is. Hubert, when leading, any ideas you can share how to inspire and motivate a partner who is stuck in a shifty state? Continue showing up as the leader. That when leading, that's it. Literally, the ideas I can share is continuing to show up consistently, giving it time and giving it space. That is the cornerstone of what we actually do and thrive. We allow you to take time. You show up consistently as the same person. And this is what that sounds like. You know, I have guys that sometimes they, they do some work for like five, six months and then I ask them how long they were in the marriage. And they're like, oh, we were together seven years. And I'm like, so you expect five to six months of work to fix seven years of issues and hurdles? That's just silly. And I won't say it's stupid because I don't want to use words like that. But it's silly to think that the problems we have can be fixed in X amount of months when we've been together for years. It takes time. But Hubert, I would recommend continuing to show up as the leader. Don't be overbearing, communicate openly and show up consistently in that way. That's how it gets created. Um, Will Martino, it's going to suck. My wife left two days after Christmas last year. If she wants to leave, she wants to leave you or threatens to leave you. Is that really the person you want to be with? I think that's a good question to ask. Yeah, it's a good question to ask. 
if she threatens to leave the other side of that is is that threat being thrown out to push you to change and if so that feels manipulative it does manipulation comes in many forms and guys remember this manipulation is just an unhealthy way of getting a healthy need met i will say that again manipulation is just an unhealthy way of getting a healthy need met what do you do when she's moved out but says she wants to be married give it space give it space and if you're still married and she says she still wants to be married, I would recommend getting support. Um, either you hopping in, doing five-day challenge, getting inside Thrive, talking to an advisor, and then inviting her to have conversations in marriage counseling. Because obviously, there's a reason she wants space. Wife's in full throttle affair the past three months, maybe two or three nights a week. You have two kids together, two from her previous. She and a fair partner plan to move in together January 1st, pushing divorce before then. It's possible to save any marriage. However, I would ask yourself, are you in love right now with who she is today? Or are you in love with the potential of who she can be or who she was? That's the crucial question to ask yourself. If you're, love, if you're in love with the potential of who she can be, you're in love with the fantasy. The marriage can be saved by saving you. Now, Usually when someone cheats, when someone has an affair, and this goes both ways, men and women, it's because a need is not being met. And so we seek that need to be fulfilled elsewhere. And also, I have no judgments on anything any man has done. Zero judgments, guys. A mistake doesn't define you. I don't give a fuck about the thing that you did, the thing that happened, or any of that. I care about saving you. So with that being said, gentlemen, I appreciate you being here with me. Once again, my name is Joey Wilder. I'm the head coach inside Empowered Man, and I run all of the client success inside our program. If you haven't checked it out, check out the five-day challenge. If you guys want more info and you want some support, I know this is a difficult season for you guys. We make men better men because ideally when you're surrounded by better men, you become a better man. I'm out of here, guys. I'll see you soon. Peace. See you on the next one. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.